there was no time for me to um, let the emotions take hold of me. It was all about being a man or a person on a mission to help do what needed to be done, even if I couldn't really do it. All I could do really was just answer their phone calls, their incessant, annoying phone calls. Adulting can be hard, even scary. Adulting Horror Stories shares intimate tales of adulting fails and insights into how to avoid them. Hello, and welcome to Adulting Horror Stories. I'm your host, Dion. For those of you listening, there may be some difficult subjects discussed here, so listener discretion is advised. Today, we'll be talking about a more sensitive subject, kidnapping and ransom. I'm here with my friend Rashad, and he's been kind enough to share one of the hardest experiences of his life with me. How are you, Rashad? I'm doing all right, Dion. Um, Thank you for having me. Uh, My first podcast ever, so I'm excited to contribute, to share, and um, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, Yeah, my mom, um, one of my best friends. I am her only child. Uh, I was raised by a single mom. She's my everything. I am her everything as well. So, a little bit of background. I have Nigerian ancestry. My mom is Nigerian, so we go to Nigeria a lot on holidays, Christmas breaks, um, summer breaks. So, just like every other December in the past, come December 2014, she got to Nigeria for Christmas break the week before me. I was scheduled to depart the 23rd. She was scheduled to pick me up um, the following day because they were six hours ahead of us at the international airport in Nigeria. And my uncles, um, one of my mom's cousins, they were leaving for Nigeria as well from Houston, December 22nd. So I personally dropped them off at the airport in Houston. My uncle, his wife, and my cousin, their daughter. So on the drive to the airport, I called my mom, my mom's Nigerian cell phone number, and some man answers the phone. I thought I called the wrong number. I checked it. I verified it was my mom's number. And another person on the other end, a voice I did not recognize, he answers the phone and asks who it was. I'm like, who are you? You know? He claimed he was a kidnapper. I thought it was a joke. And um, keep in mind, I'm driving my family to the airport uh, to drop them off in Houston. And he says he's uh, a kidnapper. He has my mom. Uh, I could hear noise and commotion, pandemonium in the background. And yeah, I'm in a state of shock. I did not know um, or could not comprehend what was going on. I get off the phone. I let my uncle know on the passenger seat that, yeah, look what just happened. And he was like, all right. Um, I think he thought it was a joke as well. So um, anyway, we get to the airport. Um, I bid him goodbye. And he says, as he touches down Nigeria, yeah, he's going to. Find out what's going on. So I'm still confused, you know, um, did not know what to do. Got back home um, in Houston and called once again. Um, this same man answers the phone and um, I asked to speak with my mom. He passes the phone to my mom. My mom did indeed confirm um, the situation on the ground. Um, she's um, been apprehended, she's been kidnapped, and 
they're asking for money. When you when it was confirmed that she was kidnapped, this wasn't a joke. This wasn't you know some April Fool's prank. Mm-hmm. What was your immediate thought then? Did it feel real? Were you scared? Man, this was 2014. I think I was confused. Confused. I was confused. What was going on? You know, this is something we see in the movies, something we read about. Um, I never foresaw by any stretch of the imagination going through this particular experience personally. So I called my mom's younger brother. What kind of alias name should I use? I don't know. Uncle Scar. Uncle Scar. Let's use Uncle Scar. (laughs) I call Uncle Scar's number. He was also in Nigeria at the time. He didn't answer. I emailed him. I'm going to read some emails real quick. Go for it. Yeah. So December 22nd, 2014. Uncle, good morning. I've been trying to reach my mom for the last two days. Finally got through to her and the man answered, answered the phone saying he has my mom in custody and that she's been kidnapped. He said to call back in... 10 minutes to talk to my mom. I did and got through to her. She confirmed she had been kidnapped. I've also been trying to call you, but no answer. I've gotten through to Bookie. Bookie is a cousin of mine um, who tried to pacify me by saying that all is well and that things are being done to extricate my mom. What do I do, uncle? He emails me back December 23rd, the day after. Hello, Rashad. Um, it's a confusing situation and it requires a careful approach. Kidnap issues are very tricky and if not handled robustly and shrewdly, you could create an opportunity for future seizures of the same person. Once those behind it believe money will be produced. Your mom informed me you will be coming in a few days. I suggest you do not go anywhere close to Asaba, which is where the kidnapping took place in Nigeria for now. We are monitoring the situation, but it's not as simple as doling out money upon the demand made. What stops them from picking her up the next week? I will call much later today. Please send a number I can reach you on. Uh, when the picture develops with some clarity, it appears it is more an extortionate inside arrangement to extract money from members of the family. We'll be in touch. Scar. I send an email the same day. Um... Keep in mind, they're six hours ahead of us, so this is 6 a.m. Houston Central Time. Sounds good, Uncle. Thank you so much. My numbers, blah, blah, blah. I will be expecting your call. Uh, my cousin, who I initially identified, I'm just going to say, um, my cousin relayed your message to me saying it's best to ignore phone calls from the perpetrators, part of the careful approach you're intimating at. Incidentally, my mom texted me 20 minutes ago about my trip. Her text reads, if I don't come out by tomorrow, cancel your trip for the um, the 24th till I come out. Don't mention this when I'm talking on the phone. Hmm. The phone is on speaker. I was actually thinking along those lines. I'm telling my uncle, Scar, i.e. canceling my trip. And now that she's requesting the same, I concur and will cancel my trip entirely. Thanks, Rashad. I have a question. Okay. So does that mean there was a... That came from your mom. Yeah, the text. Not the kidnappers. Yeah. Meaning there was a time when she, like, had her phone and they didn't realize mm-hmm. that she had the... Or they didn't realize she was reaching out to you like that. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying because they could go through her messages. You yeah, know what I mean? I know, but... 
Yeah, she relayed successfully the message to me telling me to cancel my trip for the next day, the 24th. So he emails me back 11 a.m. Um, Texas time. Hello, Rashad. Please do not answer any more calls from the kidnappers. I will only contact you by email. Thanks, Scar. I email him back. It's the 24th now, December 24th. So the next day, December 24th. Uncle, good afternoon. Any updates? Thanks, Rashad. He emails me back four hours later. Hello, Rashad. So sorry this has happened, creating a crisis in all our lives. Unfortunately, your mom is demonstrating a lot of bad faith. We are now getting all kinds of threatening messages from your mom that if I do not send millions to her kidnappers, my own life and that of my kids will be at risk. She gave the so-called kidnappers all sorts of information about me. I appreciate she must be under some pressure. And we are trying our best under the circumstances. But Rashad, I don't see much of a sisterly reaction from your mom's utterances. I have done much for her over the years. You are her son, and I appreciate your emotional ties to your mom. But I must tell you she presents an impossible challenge to us all. Sorry to have to say these things to you in this difficult time. We'll be in touch shortly. I'm still wondering where... He addresses my mom or her name. My mom feels I can bring 50 million naira to bail her. Cheers, Scar. I find it very interesting that your mother has been kidnapped by a group of strange men. And he's talking about it as if she's the one dictating what happens. Like, in my opinion, I imagine they give her a script and they say, like, you're going to read this script or you're going to push this narrative no matter what, or we're going to, like, stab you. And so I could understand him saying, I can't give money I don't have. The kidnappers are presenting a very difficult situation. But to say that she's not sisterly, she's not in control of her own actions. You know, like, everything she says is being policed effectively. So I, I, I find that to be a very interesting response from him. Absolutely. I reply, Wow, I'm sorry about this shocking recent development. But uncle, I implore you to keep a level head amid the circumstances, albeit her tone might seem dispirited. I'm sorry. Thanks, Rashad. He replies, They're a brother, a different uncle. Um, Simba. Uncle, is he Simba? Uncle Timon arrived Nigeria today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just got off the phone with him. I've updated him on all... This was the uncle I dropped off at mm -hmm. the airport in Houston. I've updated him on all I know so far. He insists I honor my flight tomorrow and that he will pick me up from the airport on Friday. Thought I'd let you know. Thanks, Rashad. Scar replies. Hello, Rashad. Thanks for your note. I'm sure um, Timon knows best. My cautionary advice that you keep away for now is that the present situation can't obviously enhance your own security. Stay close to you, your uncle, as I'm sure he will make arrangements for your security. All this on the assumption that the kidnap incident is genuine and not an arrangement. I raised concerns about your mom's utterances because I received several calls from people she spoke to, imploring them to 
broadcast to the Asaba people that if anything happens to her, I should be held responsible because I could not pay 50 million naira to the kidnappers. This is not the type of utterance anyone will expect from a sister, no matter the circumstance. I've just paid your mom some money for some business um, engagements in November last month and have done so for the past three years. So it's interesting that this should be her reaction. Anyway, we keep her in our prayers. And I also know she will be out in the next few days. The other chap, somebody else they kidnapped alongside my mom. Um, he dresses him by name. The other chap is out and in his house. Your mom had informed us that this other chap planned his own kidnap to extort money from me. This is what she told us last Sunday when she had dinner with my family, etc. I've gone to some trouble to say these things to you so you understand why your mom somehow always seems to be alone and apart from the family. You can't conduct yourself this way with close blood relationships and help to be trusted. Ensure your journey through life is different and distinguished by trust, loyalty, love for others, and understanding of human frailty. Take care of Rashad, Uncle Scar. What do you have to say, I, Dion? That's so okay. There's 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 so much there. <laughs> maybe I I've never been kidnapped. Um, maybe I misunderstand the nature of the kidnapping, but he's making it sound once again like she has free reign among these people, which I I don't understand what would make you think that like. If they tell her to call, like, if it's that or death, they can tell her to call and order people to do whatever the hell because it's that or death. I have heard of inside job kidnappings. Um, I know someone who got deported from a country for helping someone stage their own kidnapping to extort their father for, um, money. But I guess I don't understand how he would expect that from her based on the story. All that aside, whether it is or it isn't evidence of something facetious going on, I don't think this is the time for him to be telling you not to be like your mom and that she's not being sisterly and all this other BS. That... That's just very cold. That's like that's cold towards her, but it's really cold towards you because at least right now he's the only line of contact you have between your mom and he's not really being a source of reassurance. Yeah. Definitely. Shall I continue? Yes. Uncle, I canceled my trip totally. The feeling isn't there anymore. I must confess, Uncle, that I'm confused with the whole situation. Yes, I'm aware of your good deeds towards my mom over the years. I appreciate it a great deal, but I find it hard to swallow and wrap my head around. The allegation that an adult like my mom will succumb to making threats, as mentioned. I mean, who's to say the kidnappers aren't knowledgeably well-versed with delicate information about you and the family beforehand, and now putting words in people's mouths? 
directly or indirectly, through my mom, who is under duress. Yes, assuming the kidnapping is indeed genuine. I really don't know, uncle. It's really convoluted. I pray she's released soon, unscathed, and we can all get the facts straight before jumping to conclusions and washing our hands with cloudy information. We need to hear from the horse's mouth. That's all I'm saying. Thanks for your advice, Uncle Scar. Sincerely, Rashad. At this moment, can you tell us a little more about your uncle? Because I've heard this story before, so I understand. But for the audience, um, among your large family, why are they focused on this uncle? My mom's side of the family um, comes from a um, political um, heritage in Nigeria. My grandfather, my mom's dad, their dad, um, was involved in um, Nigeria's independence from British colonialism in 1960. So to, um, they come from a political dynasty. And, um, yeah, they all ventured into politics, including my mom. That's what they speak. That's the language they all speak. So Scar is involved in Nigerian politics as well. Um, multi-millionaire or billionaire by Nigerian standards and I think worldly standards as well. And, um, yeah, so political family and they are targets because they're rich, um, in a third world or developing country. So, um, that's not to say because you're rich, therefore you should be a target. But I mean, in that side of the world, not just in Nigeria, but mostly in Africa, Asia and developing parts of the world, um, politicians, whether they make money the right way, blood money legally or illegally, um, you don't know how people um, operate behind the scenes or how they got to their um, financial stature. And um, the males or the surviving uh, males from my grandfather, they all ventured into politics as well, um, so being senators, lawyers, or I think Nigeria's version of the highest level of law you can practice in Nigeria is called SAN, SAN, which stands for Senior Advocate of Nigeria. My mom's brothers are all SANs in Nigeria. Um, and yeah, and Christmas season, December season is kidnapping season as of this time, 2014, because you have a lot of internationals um, in the diaspora coming back home for the holiday. So yeah, you know who's who. So you target somebody to get to Dion. I'll target um, Dion's sister to get money from Dion since Dion is a SAN. He's a politician. So Dion's sister's coming from the States. All right. You know, they're close. I see. I saw them together. I've been monitoring them. They had dinner last week. They're really close. She's his sister. I'm going to take her and get money from him. This is kind of a side question, but it makes perfect sense for someone to say, everyone's coming back. I'm going to try to kidnap them. But do you think that means they have access to flight information? Like, how do they know exactly when you're coming back? Um, no. So my mom had been in Nigeria for two weeks before the kidnap. Oh. So they had hung out. If you remember from a few of the messages I read, they've had dinner already. Um, He said, we had dinner last week where your mom told me this other chap who got kidnapped arranged his kidnapping. Your mom told me that last week during dinner with my family. Oh, uh, okay. So it, it's not... It, okay. So to clarify, she didn't tell him about the arranged kidnapping during her kidnapping. She told him about it at dinner a week or two prior. So he said. And then because of that, he thought, oh, she's doing the same thing. So he, maybe, I, I haven't spoken to him since this email exchange is the last time I spoke to him. I don't know. Okay. Um, I have, I've never spoken to him since then. So, 
all I have is what I'm meeting. Um, all I have from him is what's in the emails. Mm-hmm. I haven't spoken to him since then. So he replies to my email. Rashad, surely I have known your mom before you were born, and I'm sufficiently experienced about life to advise you about matters. Whether you accept the advice is a matter entirely up to you. Our cousin, Uncle Tumun, has just left my house with his wife, and we discussed the situation. It seems you know more than all of us, Rashad. I also find your descriptions of whatever relationship I have with your mom, who is my sister, as good deeds, quote-unquote, most arrogant and unwelcome. (laughs) I I can't... No! No, stop! What are you supposed to... Are they miracles? Are they... Are they blessings? Are they... Oh my god. I... I thought I missed an email because I, am per- if it was me, somewhere in that conversation, I would have popped off and cursed him out. So I well, thought I missed... We're 5,000 miles away from each other. So I would have yeah. popped off and cursed him out on email. Keep I, in mind, I need, I need him. You know, I know. He's there. So I'm like, I need my mom back. So I need to placate and please. I, I understand. I thought that there must have been some email where you said something rude in between, but this man is getting mad at you. Nah, it's the last for... email I read. About, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I believe the you. The penultimate email before this one. He's getting mad at you for calling the good deeds mm-hmm. that well, he did well. for your mother good deeds. What does he want you to say? Uh, um, I, please carry on. All right. I believe you have sufficient humility to retrace your steps. I find the tone of your email extremely insulting. Thank you, Scar. I reply, poor choice of words from me, uncle. I beg for your forgiveness. Believe me, I wasn't trying to downgrade your relationship with my mom, your sister, into those two words, good deeds. I was honestly trying to be brief and succinct, and in the process, a ton of meaning has apparently been lost and consequently been taken the wrong way. That's why I prefer talking over the phone where one has a lot of landscape to play with and express oneself to the fullest capacity. Texting and writing an email forces one to be brief and massive misinterpretation can ensue. With all due respect, I cannot and will not insult you. On what grounds will I do that? That's not me. It doesn't make sense. You're but, probably going to be insulted by the fact that you said that. Like, my words don't make sense. <laughs> Hell's wrong with you. Um, and forgive my trying to encapsulate your relationship with your sister with just those two words. By no means of the imagination do I have reason to or will ever be arrogant towards you. That'll signify stupidity and ungratefulness and at its finest. Again, I was wrongfully trying to be brief. About the issue on the ground, I'm still abiding by your instructions to ignore phone calls from my mom's number. All I know is what you, um, my cousin, and her mom have told me. That's all I'm working with and trying to distill and make judgments from. Reading your emails, interpreting, and trying to make a case. That's all I know. Um, I did mean it earlier when I said I appreciated your advice. Sincerely and respectfully, Rashad. I have another question. Okay. Because um, this, this is an uncle that prior to all this you'd known probably for some time has he always had what i'm gonna call this nature to him where like in my opinion normal 
normal phrases can become a slight. No, uh, it's not what you think. Um, my fa- my mom's side of the family is very dysfunctional. So my mom and this guy, Scar, they share the same father, different moms. So they they come from a very dysfunctional family. And I don't have the relationship you think I have with him. I'd spent some holidays at his house as a youngin, um, probably in my um, early um, adolescence. Or, um, yeah, but I don't have the relationship you have in mind. So holidays... Um, yeah, he's big uncle back then. I was probably seven years old at the time. Um, um, they would fight. The siblings would fight and go for years without speaking with each other and reconcile again. And this, um, 2014, they had been in a juicy, um, situation, both siblings for the last, uh, maybe from 2012 up until 2014. Prior to 2012, they went for a long spell without speaking with each other. So very dysfunctional. It's not uh, all gravy as you think. And consequently, I did not really interact with him or my cousins, his kids, because there was always um, animosity, beef, fight, and, um, I don't know, dysfunction the entire time. So it's not like it wasn't all gravy for the last 22 decades or so. And he thinks that you're, or I should say, he thought that your mom thought that he, after all that dysfunction and drama, would be willing to drop, was it 500 million Naira? 50 million Naira. 50 million Naira on her, even though she knows their relationship isn't that strong. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Carry on. Proceed. All right. He replies, Hello, Rashad. Um, don't worry about it. It's my duty to guide you, and that also means that sometimes we have to face uncomfortable truths. You have your life ahead of you, and it'll be great if you can find the emotional discipline to handle your mom's difficulties. She is my sister, so I say this to you with the greatest sense of responsibility. Your uncle, Timon, and auntie are totally fed up, but they love you and their love for you will prevail. But they can't even mention it to you for fear of hurting you. But your mom is my sister, and you are her son. My undying wish is that you do well and be strong enough to ultimately look after her, etc. But as a man, you must know the time of day. Just take care of yourself and continue in the responsible part you have already set for yourself. I know you love your mom and this and that is perfectly all right. But you must also be alive to your mom's weaknesses and avoid its excesses as much as you can. I will be in touch, Scar. I reply, good morning. I'm happy to hear from you. It's very mind-settling. Thank you for your um, understanding. I'm just trying to keep high faith and praying my mom gets out as soon as possible. He replies, Rashad, the conclusion reached by Uncle Tumun, whose views I'm sure you respect, and I, is that your mom was not kidnapped. This is supported by all who know her that she has contacted on the issue. So please, rest your mind. It'll soon blow over. It is a difficult thing to say to somebody's child, but I owe this to you for your development going forward. We'll be in touch. Take care. Scar. Hello, Rashad. I think you should exercise some patience. I went to some trouble to take you along, though you might find what I said uncomfortable. You need to be a little patient, as we are trying to be. Once we have a positive development, I will let you know. Were those two emails sent in succession? They were sent in succession, yes. Okay. And I reply, hello, uncle. 
Um, this is shocking to me. I don't believe uh, whatever is happening. Um, the kidnappers just got off the phone with me, and they are beating my mom on the phone. And, um, yeah, this is not true. Get in touch with me as soon as possible. That was the last exchange we had. Um, that was the last email. He did not reply to that. Um, this is still December 2014. Um, this last email was sent December 28, 2014. So from then on, I kept, I started, I began to answer the kidnappers phone calls. They would call me two o'clock in the morning, American time, wake me up from sleep. And yeah, it never stopped. Fast forward to, um, February 2015. My mom's still, um, in captivity. It's been two months. Two now. months now. Jesus. Yes. February 2015. Uh, I have not spoken to Scar or Timon or his wife. I was aware Timon and his wife came back from Nigeria in January and no updates. Um, as far as they were concerned, my mom staged the whole thing. Um, that's the conclusion, according to Scar, that uh, she staged the whole thing. Um, yeah. Can we take a moment to talk about where you are in respect to this meaning? What are you doing at this time? Are you also a important political figure who can drop 50 million Naira if need be? Like, is it worth calling you? Um, no, they kept on calling me, asking me, yeah, I don't love my mom, so why haven't I sent the money? And I'm like, yeah, let's do the conversion right now. 50 million naira, two dollars. How much is that? So 50, zero, 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 zero. And it looks like that's $121,212. Dion, I don't have that money. As of 2014, I only had less than $5,000 in my bank account at the time, so, yeah. Still don't have that money today to shell out or dole out. But, um, yeah, I, I, I called everybody in Houston, um, Dion, everybody, um, uncles. I, when I, I don't know if you guys do it, um, in the Caribbean, um, you call people uncles and aunties, you know, if you're not related mm-hmm. to them. Y'all do that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I called uncles and aunties who knew my mom in Houston. I try to do a GoFundMe, like raise money to say what I could not reach 50 million dollars. So, called uncles, uh, the Nigerian diaspora, because we have Nigerian parties growing up, African parties in Houston or New York, wherever it is, we have annual parties. So I try to reach out to the organization and the Houston branch to, you know, um, solicit and raise money to extricate y'all's sister or your friends or your aunties. I could not reach, um, 50 million dollars. So, it was an impossible figure for me to attain to rescue my mom. And mm-hmm. the diaspora in Houston did not oblige to my request because mm-hmm. naturally they would call her brothers in Nigeria. Yo, we heard your sister's kidnapped. Lots of what's going on. And he would poison their mind saying, never mind. She arranged the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So of course the, American Nigerians um, did not want to oblige because, as far as they're concerned, Scar told them the truth. So they believe Scar. Dion Scar is this politician. He's this millionaire. So we're going to believe what he says. As you know, politicians, you know, um, or politicians or what do you call them? Who are those people who contribute money? Lobbyists. Lobbyists, yeah. So, um, yeah, we do what the lobbyist says. They have their ways around work. So they. They're not going to believe um, her son. They would believe um, her brothers instead. So he was able to poison their minds and nobody agreed to oblige except for, I don't know, a handful. But other hundreds and thousands of people chose not to because naturally they would call her brother, my uncle. What's going on? How can we help? What can we do? Uh, no, never mind. She arranged the whole thing. 
So you don't need to waste your money. Yeah. So at, uh, during this time between December and um, February, I was still in Houston. I graduated from um, grad school at the time, applying for jobs, and my mom is still in captivity, so I did not have the capacity to facilitate her freedom. Were you able, you talk about graduating, you talk about applying for jobs, were you able to actually focus on those things at the same time? You know, like, because I would say there's difficult situations I've been in where I can go, function, do what I need to do. But then when I get home, I like crash and like the depression or the despair of whatever else I'm dealing with comes in. And then there's other times when it's like it's always there. Everything you do is held back by the stress in the back of your mind. So what was your mindset then? Still confused. Still in shock, still yearning for my mom to be free. Not depressed, wanting to solve the problem, wanting to have my mom back. So there was no time for me to let the emotions take hold of me. It was all about um, being a man or a person on a mission to help do what needed to be done to free my mom, even if I couldn't really do it. All I could do really was answer their phone calls, their incessant, annoying phone calls, cussing me out on the phone, like, you don't care about your mom, like, that's not true. So I try to, you know, mold into whatever accusations they had of me. All right, I'm this bad person. All right, cool. I don't care about my mom. All right, cool. All I wanted to do was make sure they don't kill my mom. Um, so the alternative, if we did not provide the ransom they were asking for, was to I don't know if the audience are familiar with black magic. Um, yeah, use my mom for black magic, her cubic parts and stuff like that, her head, decapitate her. And these are, these are, I don't know, ways of life out there in Nigeria. They do it out there. Um, yeah, so during the entire time between December and February, I was, um, as focused as I could be doing my part, which was the simplest and the littlest thing I could do, which was answer the phone whenever they called. One o'clock in the morning, four a.m. Due to the time difference, and um, yeah, be there for her. They let me speak with her sometimes, but whenever I spoke to them, they would make sure they beat her on the phone. So I would hear her response. It's, it's not fake, you know. She she would cry and whelp and wail and yell in pain. But man, what I went through really is compared to the person who actually got kidnapped. You know, the sufferings. She's still traumatized from it till this day. Sometimes when we talk and we meet each other. She has flashbacks. Uh, she is forever psychologically traumatized and it'll forever live in infamy in her psyche. She hasn't even spoken to a counselor or therapist for it. Have you suggested that she see a counselor or it just never came up? It never came up. Um, I probably should. Um, I try to be there for her as much as I can, but sometimes she does relapse and she has flashbacks to it. During the time when your uncle was dealing with things, and then during the time when you started to, had you contacted U.S. or Nigerian authorities? Nah, friends of mine asked me the same question. Um, Nigeria is infamous for being a lawless country. I do not, till this day, trust the politics out there, the government out there, the policing out there. It is a developing country, and what you see in the movies is actually true. Um, no, I did not try to contact the U.S. government either. A friend of mine, 
from grad school. He had connections. Um, he's also plugged into Nigerian politics. His mom is one of the, what you would call, secretary of, I don't know, state or whatever in Nigeria at the time. He was like, why didn't you tell me, Rashad? I can tell my mom to do something and um, intervene. Yeah. I was shameful and embarrassed at the time as well and confused as well. I did not think these things. So my mom was in a camp of hostages. It's a business out there. Like I said, it's a Christmas season, holiday season, it's kidnapping season. So my mom was one of, um, kind of like, you know, the Titanic, you know, um, the movie focused on Rose and Jack, but you have 3,000 other personnel on the ship. Yeah. Different stories with kids, wives, husbands, fathers, mothers. So my mom was one story amongst a series of hostages. That's a connection I have. I can't speak for the other hostages and their familial connections as well. And um, part of the trauma, they would come and pick up a hostage and go outside and kill them mm. and mutilate them or decapitate them. So I think, yeah. Was she, I understand at minimum, a hostage was with her, an hostage was taken away, a hostage did hostages. not come back. Yep. Hostages. Mm -hmm. Did she see any of that happen or did they just imply it? I don't know. I, at least she heard the sound. At least she did. Okay. I don't think she saw anything in person, but I don't think she faked any of those stories of her personal experience. If you were going to talk about how it was resolved, how did that happen? Um, God's grace, really. She, so, um, this particular, I think she was scheduled to be, she was on the roster to be killed in a few days or in a couple, or the next week. And, and um, did, did she know that? Did the, um, did the, did the kidnappers tell you that to intimidate you? How did you find that out? I think they revealed that to the hostages. So she relayed that to me after, um, yeah, you're next. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened there, but she was, it was made known to her. She was going to be next at some point imminently. Um, but they managed to escape through this tiny window up ahead. I think five or six of them, uh, hostages. And they, was your mom one of them? Yes, she was. Um, this prison they were in was on the second floor of this particular building. And they man the window led up to a roof, the roofing of this building. So they climbed to the roof, all naked, um, stripped, feeble, um, emaciated, and cried for help. And, um, neighbors in the surrounding saw what was happening and, uh, alerted the police and the police came and um, freed, freed them and the kidnappers, I think, escaped um, from the camp. So that's a part of the story I never heard. I knew that the police did a raid on the place mm -hmm. and the kidnappers escaped, but at least the kidnapped people were saved. I didn't realize your mom had to break out onto a roof and cry for help. Because once again... Not them. Um, hostages, not just my mom. Yeah, one so one multiple person. hostages, yeah. including yeah. your mom, had to climb out and do that because once again, I'm just like, God forbid no one hears you. God forbid no one cares. W what happens next? The worst, the worst. Uh, so my mom still um, kept in contact with um, the Good Samaritans around um, the camp who noticed what was going on and alerted um, the police. Now, I think the Good Samaritans actually took matters into their own hands, infiltrated a compound, and rescued my mom and other hostages while the, the police came later. Um, and by the time the police came, the kidnappers had already escaped. 
I also learned down the line, some of the kidnappers were um, caught, not on, the, on the, the day my mom was freed, but a few weeks later, most of them were apprehended. So I'm very impressed with these good Samaritans only because if I, truth be told, I'm in an apartment complex right now. If I saw a bunch of hostages screaming out of a balcony across the complex, yes, I'm calling the police. Yes, I'm monitoring the situation, but I don't know if I want to go over there because I don't know what type of weapons they have. I have knives. That's that's really it right now. Mm-hmm. So that that there's a lot of bravery in going to a place where you know people have been kidnapped effectively. Did they know? I don't know if they know. Well, where you know so, something's yeah. up, where you know yeah. naked people are screaming for help on a roof. Maybe they thought it was a fire, I guess. But um, still, I I think that's a strong show of bravery right there. How did you find out about this? So your mom climbs up, risks it all. She's eventually saved. The police come. What happens next? Um, I did not learn about um, this freedom until three days later when the police called me and said, yeah, we have your mom. And at that point, my mom's confidants and friends were with her, whom I was in constant communication with. Um, an auntie, we're not related by blood, but I call her auntie. So uh, this auntie was with my mom at the police station um, and the hospital, receiving hospital care as well. So, um, yeah, video chat, and she looked like a cadaver, um, mm-hmm. somebody who had been captive for two months. Because, I mean, she was starved of food. She was fed her pee as she drank her oh pee. Oh, my God. And I think, yeah, fed terrible food. And, yeah, Dion, she looked like a cadaver. A cadaver is the best correlation I can make. So she escapes. Three days later, you find out how soon is it before you see her? Because you were in Houston at the time. Yep. Um, yeah, so she stays in Nigeria for a few months to recover and regain herself. Ain't no way she was going to fly back uh, in that condition. She, I, she was in a hospital receiving IV. Because Nigeria care. is home, I understand. Yeah. I would have wheeled myself onto that fucking plane so fast. You mean her, the captive? Yes. Yeah. I'd be done. I mean, but it's not, but that's not my home country. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, it's obviously a a different feeling when once you're back, you know, in your own home with your own people, you don't feel so scared, but I would have, I would have did. Yeah. At this point, she's with, um, friends, um, who are monitoring her, who are caring for her. So she's not alone. Um, so I guess she was in good hands. And at the time, um, she was at a hospital. I don't think you would kidnap her again at that time, you know, um, because you did not get the ransom you were looking for. So. That's true. And I remember the, the, um, perpetrators were apprehended at this point. So, um, I guess there's no cause for alarm at the time, but she wanted to make sure she was healthy enough to come back to the States. So when did you specifically see her? This was February. So I saw her in May. Two months May. Later. Oh my God. What was, I guess for you, you know, going through all of this, what was that first moment when you either heard her voice or saw her face? What was that like for you? Relief? Man, this was 2015 now. Um, Relief? Happy? I was going to have my mom back. I was going to see her again. Yeah, a relief and happy. I was relieved and happy that she wasn't going to die. I was not going to be an orphan. 
Yeah, I was relieved. But at the same time, Dion, I did not feel as though I deserved to feel anything. My heart was with how I was mainly concerned. The way you're concerned about how I felt, mm-hmm. I was concerned about how she felt. It wasn't about me. It's about, damn, I need you back here as soon as possible. How do you feel? The trauma, the emotion. Like, Rashad's feeling is, um, it wasn't my time right then. I did not deserve to. I guess I did. I mean, I'm her son, her only um, property um, still to this day. But, man, I did not have time to think and process what I was going through. Um, I was mainly happy and relieved to have my mom back. She was not going to die. I was not going to be orphaned. Um, but I was mainly concerned about how she felt. I think I shut the door to whatever emotions or feelings. I suppressed everything. And yeah, still can't put a finger onto what should, what is expected to be felt by a descendant to a hostage or somebody who went through something like that. My main concern was my mom, my entire focus. So did you ever, which is, very understandable. You were going through a lot as is, and in spite of it, the focus couldn't be on you. It, it really should be on her. After, because that was 2015, it's 2021 now, did you ever take the time to really try to process all of that? No, I did not. Um, I did not. This is the first time I'm talking about it at length since then. I'm processing it right now. Um, thanks to the emails. Otherwise, I would not, I wanted to make sure I did not filter anything. I wanted to give it to you the way it was constructed in the email and not have my brain play tricks on me because years have gone by between now and then. So, of course, I might, you know, miss a few details or add a few things. That's why I really wanted to tap into the email and read it out word for word. I haven't really talked about it at length until this podcast with you. So. Yeah, no, I haven't really. I'm still suppressing it till this day. I imagine I was all gravy out here answering phone calls and you know worried, thinking, man, don't hurt her, don't do this, don't do that. But now, nah, um, one day I guess it'll happen. But um, for now, I'm recovered. I think I am recovered, but she she isn't. It'll be different if I was a person who was kidnapped. But mm-hmm. I couldn't really do. I was helpless. I couldn't do anything. Yeah, I should be feeling something, Dion, but I mean, um, I'm relief and happy. That's, that's all it is. It, and yeah. today, uh, May 2021, that's still how I feel. I talk to my mom. We're best friends. Uh, we talk every day. I told you she called the cops on me for not answering her phone when I was in college <laughs> after I pulled an all-nighter. So that's how close we are. So I'm happy to have that person back, my mom and my friend. Whatever trauma I experienced or lack thereof, or maybe it's still buried there somewhere. Um, the joy of having my friend and my mom back um, surpasses anything. Now that it's all over, I know you haven't spoken to your uncle since. Do you think if you did, that he would finally believe that your mom wasn't involved, essentially? Like that she really was kidnapped and in that case he kind of abandoned her? Um, yeah, uh, they say, people who say, you ask people questions about somebody or something, they say, I don't care. I don't think that's truthful. I think it's more so, um, the person is not interested in finding out. So 
Would I care enough to know where his head is at today? Maybe, but I'm not interested. We're not really friends. My mom tells me what goes on between the family, so I'm aware of what's going on um, from her side of the story. Of course, there are always two sides to a coin, and Scar definitely has a side of the story. Am I interested? No. Do I care? Maybe. If it ever comes up to the fore, by all means, I'll be happy to listen and digest it all. But I'm not going to go searching for it, you know. If it happens organically, naturally, by all means. If it doesn't, um, fuck it. I don't care, really. Yeah, I'm not interested. Perfectly understandable, by the way. Has your mom been back to Nigeria since? Yeah, um, she was in Nigeria um, in December 2020. 2020? It was 2020. Um, up until um, March. So she came back just in time for relocated to our beautiful city. Do you worry when she goes back there or do you think it was a, a one-time thing and everything's good now i don't worry um because um we are both estranged and disconnected from um her family so as long as she's not in contact with um those people yeah we're safe i went to nigeria in 2019 right before covid hit i was in nigeria on vacation so I wasn't worried. Well, we stayed away from Asaba. Uh, we were in uh, the cap, not the capital, the New York of Nigeria called Lagos. Mm-hmm. That's the busiest um, city in the continent of Africa as a whole, not just in Nigeria. So we stayed away from um, the scene of the crime. I've been back since 2014, even before 2019 as well. So not worried at all. As long as we stay away from uh, those people, we should be good. Is Asaba like a kidnapping hotspot or is it just because... It's tied specifically to where Uncle Scar was, basically. Like, was it tied to they, um, it happened because they knew he was near there and it would affect him? Or do kidnappings happen anywhere? It happens anywhere, I think. So the way my mom was kidnapped was um, the day she was kidnapped. Um, she was hanging out with um, Scar the entire day. And they um, had dinner at his hotel in Asaba. And... Um, yeah, good times. Uh, I think they had a ceremony to attend the next day. So he bid his sister goodbye. And on her drive back to her house, she was cornered on the street and kidnapped. Uh, so her car was recovered by the police when she was freed. Of course, she identified herself and they matched the car to the owner. She was gone. So, um, yeah, she, it's safe to say they were being monitored the entire day because they spent the entire day morning too. I think she was kidnapped up around 8 p.m. or something like that on her drive back home. So for that reason, my mom hates driving at night. She doesn't like driving at night anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once it's past 6 p.m., she, she tries to run home, hence the trauma. Since 2014, she hasn't driven at night by herself because of the trauma. I think you should encourage her to, yeah, seek counseling just because I don't blame her for not driving at night. If she never drives at night again, more power to her. But the flashbacks, I would hope is something she could free herself from if she found the right person just to help her work through it. Yes. Um, now therapy could come in any form. Um, confidants, friends, husbands, wives, um, brothers and sisters from another. I think she has that, click 
or um, that person or persons. She has me. It's not my responsibility, but I like to place some of that role to her. But you're right. Seeking a professional help will definitely be beneficial. But um, some people say, yeah, your therapist could be coming in any shape or fashion. And I think she's had that over the years through sisters from another, um, best and good friends. Normally, there's a there's a side of like, for this podcast, I mean, there's the okay, you quote unquote, this isn't what you did, you quote unquote made a mistake or had a bad experience, and then there's the question of what can you do, or what can the listeners do in the future to avoid making that mistake or avoid experiencing the horrors you did. This story is a little bit different. I think the two questions I would have is, did you learn to take any precautions? Your mom, her precaution is not driving at night. Did you learn to take any precautions to avoid repeating similar situations? And then also, did you learn any form of resilience, mental preparation, emotional maturity, for going through difficult situations, whatever they are. Definitely, I co-sign and echo um, most of the words um, you uttered out there, such as emotional discipline, emotional maturity, um, uh, mental fortitude. I like to categorize that whole experience as my baptism of fire. Dion, man, it made me harder, made me more resilient. Man, if that did not break me, being near losing your mom um, in that type of circumstance, man, what else is out there to break me? You know, if I came out of that, hopefully I can come out of anything. I do have the one contribution that I have to the whole what you can learn from a kidnapping is something I learned in a different podcast really from someone else who went through a similar situation where yeah his mother his mother was kidnapped and it turned out that later that the kidnappers were people that his father had known in the military the police in this country where it happened do put effort into extricating a kidnapped person but what they tend to do is they tell you every time they call Tell them you can't afford the amount they're asking for. You like in in this specific case, the people are desperate for money. This is a business, but it's like this is what puts food on the table for them. Mm -hmm. They're not trying to kill you. They don't have black magic as an option, and so you do not immediately agree because if you immediately agree, they will ask you for more. Instead, you keep saying, "I can't afford. I can't afford it." Um. I can pay this much, I can pay this much. And you basically keep settling on a number that's much lower that you actually can afford. Make them, convince them that you really can't get anything higher. And then you pay that. The whole time there might be investigations going on trying to break in, figure out where they are. But in the meantime, bring them down to a number that you can fundraise. Get them at the end of their wits where they're like, we've been talking for weeks, if not months. and we just want to get our money and focus on someone else and then pay them and be done with it. And in that particular case, the person got his mom back. But if, the, if you know, 
sacrifices and what did you call it again? Blood, blood, money. But yeah, if yeah. that's an option, that might change change the situation. Yeah. First of all, thank you for sharing. You know, that's I'm sure it's not an easy thing to always talk about. And I so I really do appreciate you coming on here. And for the people listening, you know, hold your fat hold your parents close, hold your children close, value your family members, try not to fight with your family members. And Try not to flip your shit over someone using the phrase good deeds. <laughs> Do you have anything, any final words for the audience? Um, it's okay to fight um, amongst family and friends. It's okay to have disagreements and tension. It's okay never to speak again if you don't feel like it. It's okay. Um, hopefully, I mean, both parties would be interested enough to reconcile and put differences aside but um no i support everything dion says only just gotta push back a bit by saying it's okay to fight but um hopefully you guys get to reconcile before death do y'all part but you don't want to be that person who lives the rest of their lives remorseful and regretful not um speaking to somebody but if they hurt you uh to the big I don't see my mom reconciling with Scott. Oh, yeah, I no. I said, when I so, said try not, I mean, yeah. like, when someone steals your plate of food at the barbecue, not... Yeah. A I mean, bad, there's levels to it, right? You there's know, levels to it. Not this kind of level, like somebody who hurts your daughter, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Gonna some, some again, people so. need to be cut off. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, pick and choose wisely. That's what I would say. Yeah. Your, um, your hurt is hurt. Um, your feelings are your feelings. Uh, your hurt is genuine. It's... It defines who you are. It is who you are. And don't let nobody tell you different. Um, everybody's um, experiences, unless they walk in your own shoes, are customized and unique to each and every individual. So do not discount or disregard or dismiss anybody's hurt because you don't empathize or understand it. So, um, yeah, you are who you are. Respect it. All right. Thank you so much, Rashad. Thank you, Dion. It was a pleasure. Looking forward to another one. Same here. With that said, this has been Adulting Horror Stories. I am still your host, Dion, and thank you so much for listening. So when did you specifically see her? This was February, so I saw her in May. Two months May, later. oh yeah. my god. Were you able to do any video calls before then? Yeah, definitely. WhatsApp. Um, yeah, we talked. I mean, I saw, um, I saw the cadaver, you know? Um, Don't say <laughs> That's what she looked like. That's what, That's she, what looked she looked like, like, but she's not a cadaver. Yeah. Poor choice of words, but, um, you get my point. Yeah. She looked different.